Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yes, Sports Radio, we are going to be joined momentarily by Ross Tucker, the former NFL offensive lineman, played seven years in the NFL for Washington, Dallas, Buffalo, and New England. Now does a great job. I actually saw Ross yesterday uh, working for Westwood One, and obviously he works for CBS as well. Was on the sideline yesterday uh, in Baltimore for the AFC Championship game for the Kansas City Chiefs up against the Ravens, and we know Kansas City uh, did win the game, and they're advancing to another Super Bowl. So we'll chat with Ross Tucker in just a bit. Guys, let me know uh, when we get him up there, and then we'll uh, bring him on the air. Uh, but obviously, the the big stories from yesterday in the AFC and the NFC championship games were in the AFC, uh, Munkin and Lamar Jackson not showing up. And then uh, you saw the incredible defense by Steve Spagnolo who continues to just have big defensive performance after big defensive performance. And then uh, you take a glance at the NFC side. The Lions had an enormous lead. And then from there, they saw it evaporate. And not only did they see it evaporate, you did then also see uh, some questionable decision-making by Dan Campbell and the uh, Detroit Lions in the second half of that game. And I understand the Lions have been this incredible story. They've been so fun. That was just the one gut-wrenching and painful way for for this season to end. Uh, let's just do this, Stu, because I know we only have limited time with Ross Tucker. If we can't figure out the Zoom, just l- let's let's get him on the phone um, and, and let's get Ross Tucker up via phone. I don't want to keep on uh, just stalling and stalling until we, we figure out the Zoom problem that's going on on our end. Uh, so hopefully we'll be able to connect with Ross Tucker in just a bit. But I did see Ross uh, in the press box yesterday. And they had a really good broadcast. Uh, Ian Eagle, Jason, and Devin McCourty, and uh, Ross Tucker uh, were involved in that Westwood One production of the AFC Championship game that was heard on many of these same uh, uh, stations across the country. So we'll get Ross up uh, momentarily. I see the guys are uh, calling him, and we will uh, find out also what the heck Ross Tucker uh, did talk about yesterday with uh, Taylor Swift as uh, the Swifties were all uh, across uh the nation, obviously, have been invading the uh, the football world, and uh, there's been a good uh, crossover. So we have now connected uh, with Ross Tucker, now joining us, of course. Uh, always check out my front page story, and uh, does a great job, CBS and Westwood One. That is Ross Tucker joining us on the Zach Gelb Show. Ross, great to have you on, as always. Thanks so much. How are you? My pleasure, Zach. Doing great. Awesome to see you yesterday. I love it. Why, why were you there yesterday? Just making sure you're... Uh... You're always somewhere in the action. You know, I'm I'm just a hardworking person. I believe that if you're going to say a lot of things about people, you got to go to the big games and you got to see how they uh, they they play on out. So that's why I elected to go there. And I was talking to Mahomes uh, after the game, and and he said to me something he's learned this year, right? Because Mahomes is so great. Like, what else is there for him to learn? And it's kind of crazy that he could get better and better with age, which is scary for the rest of the league. 
But his big takeaway this season was he learned how to manage the game this year when they have such a great defense and just trust it and find not a way uh, to throw the game away. And that's what you really saw in the second half. Correct. Yeah, I mean, they didn't score at all in the second half. And we have a very different narrative, I feel like, today if the Ravens have been able to score themselves, right? If Zay Flowers gets in the end zone, if Lamar Jackson doesn't throw, honestly, probably one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen, um, given the situation. Just absolutely awful. If Mahomes doesn't do that, then, you know, I don't know, man. I, 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 I think we have a different conversation, but he obviously uh, – has learned that he's got a really good defense and Spags has been fantastic and they deserve a lot of credit for that because they totally, Zach, totally took the Ravens out of their game. Now, absolutely. And I was shocked. Uh, you know, I know Lamar's had some struggles in the postseason, but now this is going to become a bigger and bigger storyline. But the play calling yesterday, I just thought was horrendous by Baltimore. They barely ran the football. I know they were down, but it wasn't like the game was out of reach, and they didn't really do that many design runs with Lamar, or they didn't run the ball with their running backs. I didn't get Munkin's approach in that game. I was a little surprised myself. Yeah, I mean, even when they did run it, it's like gun runs with Justice Hill as opposed to some of the downhill stuff with the Gus bus, Gus Edwards. Not very many design runs for Lamar Jackson. I was surprised. I was surprised with the tactic that they took. I did think that Spags got the better of Todd Munkin yesterday. I think they're both excellent coaches. And I wonder how much of Munkin's mindset changed watching the Chiefs totally control the action with those 86- and 75-yard drives for touchdowns to start the game. It's almost like Munkin played the rest of the game after that, Zach, thinking, hey, we really need to score – a lot of points because we're not we're not going to be able to and they're doing such a good job and it's going to be a high scoring game that's not what happened at all i mean the ravens defense settled in and really stuffed you know what they were getting from the chiefs offense after that but munkin didn't really adjust i guess in fairness you know the chiefs held the ball 20 some minutes in the first half and the ravens were down by two scores it was clearly not a situation that the Ravens were accustomed to being in, and they didn't handle it very well. How do you view Lamar Jackson moving forward, Ross Tucker? Yeah, really good quarterback that um, does not play his best when they need him to. And we see that when we watch Mahomes and the plays that Mahomes makes to Kelsey and some of the throws he made. And I thought Lamar had some good throws, but Man, it felt like there were a lot of times, a couple to Odell, one to Rashad Bateman. They had man-to-man coverage. And by the way, I didn't think that the Ravens receivers did enough to get open against man-to-man coverage against some of this, the lesser corners for the Chiefs, not even Legereus needs. That's part of the conversation for sure. But a lot of those balls from Lamar Jackson, they weren't even really giving the guys a chance. I mean, they, they weren't really even having an opportunity to make a play on the ball. And I do think that that's probably one of the reasons why a couple of those where I thought they could call interference, they didn't call interference. Talking to Ross Tucker right now. 
Um, what did you say to Taylor Swift after the game? I saw you guys had an interaction on the field. Yeah, not not much. I, I was, you know, <laughs> with Westwood One, I'm able to uh, be next to the stage to interview the head coach and the quarterback after the game. And, you know, Taylor Swift is from my hometown, a really small hometown, believe it or not. It's called Wyoming, Pennsylvania. It's an hour west of, of Philly. And so I've met her a couple times, but it was 2007 and 2015. Wow. But, uh, but I know her dad, and uh, I, I went to a concert in Philly. So I thought, gosh, i got to say something to her. So I think I came up with something pretty good, Zach. I pulled up the picture on my phone of my daughters with her Smart dad. Move. From with her dad from the concert in May in Philly, and I said, "Hi Taylor, I'm I'm uh, I'm good friends with your dad. I'm Ross Tucker from Why Missing." And she looks at me and she's like, "Oh yeah, I know you. I, I know you." Like meaning like I guess that doesn't happen to her a lot. Yeah. Um, which was funny because I, I I missed a great all time comeback where I could have been like, "Yeah, I know you. I know you." <laughs> but. Uh, you know, I, I, I said, I talked to your dad this week. Uh, she said, oh, okay. And then I, she was with Donna and Ed Kelsey. Awesome. And I know Ed Kelsey, too. So then I just said, hey, Ed, how are you? Like, I kind of I moved on from Taylor. Like, what, I, what else was I going to say? You know what I mean? Like, it, it seems like, Ross, if this does go all the way and there's a wedding, I think you should get an invite. I think that uh, that's what I was trying to lock up yesterday. That's, what, that, that's why I went right from... Taylor, I had to go immediately to to the father of the groom and Ed Kelsey, trying to make sure that both sides are okay with me being at the uh, at the wedding. <laughs> Ross Tucker here with us. Um, how would you describe the decision making in the second half by Dan Campbell yesterday in the NFC Championship game? Uh, I did not like it. I would describe it as overly aggressive. Um, I'm not a guy in hindsight. So, first of all, what enough people, not enough people are saying, Zach, running the ball with David Montgomery on third down at the end of the game with less than two minutes remaining, that was inexcusable. Yeah, it was horrible. Unacceptable coaching error. You cannot run the ball there because then if you get stuffed, and they did, you absolutely have to get the onside kick, which is such a small percentage. Cannot happen. Cannot do it. I mean, you're honestly better off in that situation kicking the field goal on third down yeah. than you are running it. And if you're going to so, run it, you got to have two plays ready to go. You got to. You can't use the timeout there. Co- correct. Correct. So it, it it was that was awful. I think the field goal uh, or go for a fourth down decisions are a little bit more of an interesting discussion. That's certainly who the Lions have been, and they've had a lot of success with it. And I will say, you know, a lot to, I mean, like, we saw that with the Ravens and Chiefs yesterday. Teams are going for it in fourth down situations that they never have before. And it certainly feels like it's progress and mm-hmm. that they're having success. I would just wonder, are we, are we sure that we're – taking into account all the information. Because what I would argue, Zach, is not every fourth down decision is created equal. In other words, let's look at the first one, okay? They're up 14. It's 24-10. Like, Ross, I'll just tell you right now. I was okay with that first one. It It was the second one 
when you're down three, I don't understand bypassing that field goal where you could have tied up the game. Like, I was okay with the first one. The second one, I was not. Yeah, so the first one bothered me every bit as much as the second one. Okay. Because let's play it out, okay? Let's say you get it, which maybe that's 50% of the time. You convert. Well, then you're still not guaranteed a touchdown. Good point. You know, there's still a pretty good chance you're going to kick a field goal. And not only that, even if you get a touchdown, it's still you're up 21, but still a three-score game. Whereas if you kick the field goal to go back up 17, you make it a three-score game again. In other words, Zach, the difference between 21 and 17 is not even close to the difference between being up 17 and 14. It's either a two-score game or a three-score game. I thought that was really bad. Really bad. And then the second one, I agree. I thought in both instances, because of the score, they should kick the field. Now, if like they were down six or like there's other scores in the game that it could have been where I'd be like, okay, yeah, I get it. It's fine. But if it's the difference between being up two scores and three scores or there's between tying the game or not, I, I would have kicked the field goal in those situations and think you should have. I can tell you right now, uh, Dan Campbell and Lamar Jackson both could use a My Front Page story today. Uh, tell me a little bit more about MyFrontPageStory.com. Well, they absolutely should and could. And although they get enough publicity, who doesn't get publicity <laughs> in life? They're significant others, right? I mean, it's the best Valentine's Day gift I've ever heard of. I know I've talked to you about it before, Zach, but for the new people listening, my buddy started the company. You literally talk to a writer for 10 minutes. Tell them how great your significant other is. Way, way better than getting like a gift card to the Olive Garden or whatever you're going to think. Whatever's in your head right now, I'm giving you something totally unique and different. For once, Zach, for once, myfrontpagestory.com. Tell them how great your significant other is. They write this amazing story. It looks like it's on the cover of the newspaper, framed, beautiful pictures of you and them, kids if you have them. And just being able to say, I had a story written about you is incredible, and then make sure, Zach, if you do it this year, make sure you say to them, I just never thank her enough for all the little things she does for the family. <laughs> like, they cry every time. It's amazing. And then they have it hanging up in the house forever, so it's the gift that keeps on giving. MyFrontPageStory.com, MyFrontPageStory.com, best Valentine's Day gift of all time. He is the love guru, Ross Tucker. Ross, appreciate the time as always. Thank you. Good to see you yesterday. Of course, Zach. Great talking with you and great seeing you yesterday. There you go. Ross Tucker joining us on the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Let me squeeze in one more before the break. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Let me go to Jacob in Michigan next up on CBS Sports Radio. Jake, go ahead. Hey, how's it going? Um, I, uh, I think that uh, I agree that uh, not – Taking a field goal and tying the game is a huge mistake. I don't necessarily disagree with the going on fourth when you're up 14. I mean, that's not as much as, you know, the game. Um, it brings a whole different game. I mean, it gives you the momentum back or gives you some momentum back into the thing over the 49. Yeah, uh, Jacob, it's kind of hard to hear you. I know you're, you're calling from the Motor City. Uh, but there was a lot of motors that were uh, driving uh, right past you. I, I understand Ross's point. You make it a three-score game. You're playing the clock. You're playing the, the Niners in, in that second half. I'm just telling you how I genuinely thought in the moment. In the moment when it was a 14-point game, I'm okay with no pun intended here, keeping your, your foot on the gas. I'm good with that. 
But once you lose that lead and you got to just get some little momentum back and you got to get something back in there, you have to, have to kick the field goal with about seven and a half to play when it's a 47, 48 something yard field goal. And that would have tied up the game. And Ross brings up a good point. Even if you get the first down there, are you going for it in every fourth down? Like it's not a guarantee that you would have got the ball in the end zone anywhere. All right, it is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, here's a topic that we'll do on the other side. You're a Lions fan or a fan of any team. You get to a big game. Would you rather just get blown out from the start or would you rather just think for a moment, I'm going to win the game and then you have heartbreak? We'll discuss that when we return. It is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All righty, this is Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. And uh, we are brought to you today on behalf of AutoZone, stream the NFL on Westwood One for free, sponsored by AutoZone. All season long, you can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL Live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on the Odyssey app. Get in the zone, AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Carlos with a K is with us today. And Carlos, you're usually a very positive person. I think you are a... Since uh, when? Wait, you're not a negative person. Oh, you've never watched a game with me. I'm I'm the okay. most superstitious dolt you can think of. But two things. One, I have watched a game with you. And two, I don't remember which game it was, but you've produced me for Eye on Football. So there's been a lot of games uh, that I've been there. And you are usually on a football Sunday, a jovial kind of guy where you're dancing, you're celebrating. You must have had some winning Sundays this year. Not your, your personal football team because the Giants stunk. But your fantasy football teams, your 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 touchdowns in, in terms of the betting world that you maybe had a few dollars on. You know, I've watched enough football with you where Carlos likes to have a good time. Carlos likes to laugh. Carlos likes to dance. 
and Carlos likes to pretty much be a kid. True. And, and that's something that I really like from you. So, with with all this being said, I just want to ask you this. Would you rather have what happened yesterday that happened to the Lions where you're up by 17 and you blow that game in just gut-wrenching fashion? Or would you rather have just got blown out from the start and you see a slow, painful death of 60 minutes where you're just getting dragged up and down the field and just getting annihilated by the 49 Give me the blitzkrieg, and it's not even close. Really? You take there, the blowout? Oh, I do not have the capacity for any more heart-wrenching, just gut-destroying sports moments because I'm also a Cubs fan. So I feel hey, you for won a World Series fan. recently. Yeah, but you go know what? Cubs go. Yeah, look, I, go I, Cubs go. Listen, Janet Jackson, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> uh, but I but I remember the 03 series against the Marlins game yeah. six. Obviously, that was the Bartman ball. And then the Alex Gonzalez bobble right after that. And and then game seven didn't even have a chance. So I feel for Lions fans, I'd rather get blown out. I'd rather come to the realization like a bullet to the head. Rather than a thousand paper cuts, because yeah, you can get over like the it. water treatment. You can get over it right away if you know it's over by the first half. All right, let's just put on you know an episode of The Office in the background. Hey, you and still just, gotta watch a, the game. Have a couple of beers. I don't know me. I, I, I'll check out. I'll mentally check out. I'll become detached. And then once the game is over, all right, we didn't hang with these guys, but overall it was a good season. When you lose like the Lions did in fashion like that yesterday. People right now are still in disbelief. People are still are going through every single decision that was made, whether it was offensively or the misinterception mm-hmm. and whatever go has People are still not coming to grips with the fact that their season is over. And that's why I'd rather just lose right off the gate. Because it turns into the the would have, could have, should have. Exactly. And Th- you that's know, what it turns we into. We can't speak in hypotheticals here. And, and, and well, we can. And that's what makes it so difficult. But it's not healthy. <laughs> no, it isn't. But we do a lot of things that aren't healthy. Heck. I've had food with you on a football Sunday. I've seen you make some unhealthy uh, decisions Lots uh, of carbs. Th- throughout the years. I'll sit there on a football Sunday. I'll go order a salad or I'll, I'll order like a grilled chicken sandwich. Carlos is like, up, oh, get me the fried chicken and put extra mayonnaise on Chipotle mayo on that. Uh, and that four o'clock hour is always hard. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I do agree with you because I think the point that, that you hit the nail on the head, you lose a game and you just know at halftime you have no shot. Like, maybe there's one moment where you think you're getting back in the game just because you're delirious enough to kind of trick yourself and kind of make you believe that you could get back into the game. But when you could go into halftime and you know, hey, we just didn't have it today. And, hey, we don't have a shot in this game. You start to move on during the game and you could accept that the other team was just flat out better and was just flat out more dominant than you were and just owned you in the game. But when you go up by 17 at halftime and also you have a fan base that has never won a Super Bowl, you know, it's kind of similar to Atlanta. I know for Atlanta that happened in the Super Bowl. But when you're up 28 to 3, like in a Super Bowl, you think the game's over. And I'm not saying Lions fans thought the game was over at halftime, but up 17 at the half, it's like, okay, this is an actual thought. Like, this is, even if you didn't think you had no shot going into the game, this is now happening. We are here. This is real. This is spectacular, right? And you are on the verge of playing 30 more minutes of football, and you could you do your job, not even at an exceptional level, just at a decent level, 
You're playing in a Super Bowl 60 minutes away from, from holding up that Lombardi trophy. And to have that feeling of being on the seesaw and being all the way up like you're a little kid and then uh, the fat guy just comes walking over and pounds the seesaw and then you go flying, wee, and then face planting and having dirt in your eyes and, and having your hands cut up, your eyes cut up, that's brutal. And I know that there's no really good way to lose. Like no one wants to lose. No one wants to be a loser. Right, you 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 do sports to win, um, to have that feeling of you're gonna get the victory, and we're gonna dangle the the NFC Championship trophy right in front of your face, and then for it to just get snatched away in the second half, where there were many moments where you thought you still had a chance, even with some of the incomp- uh, the incompetence, that's just brutal. It is absolutely brutal. Because the, the part where you knew they were losing the game was when it got to 10. When it got to a 10-point lead. Like, I know they got a touchdown at the end of the game. When you burn that timeout, no one thinks you're covering the onside kick. And then when you don't, you only have two timeouts. The game was was basically over, and it happened on fourth down. They were able to take one final kneel down because there's only a second left. You snap the ball, and then you you fall right down. So it went from being up 17 to then how quickly in the third quarter it just got away. And not only how quickly it just got away, how there were still moments where you could have got back in the game and you could have recouped the momentum and you could have tied up the game and still the decision-makings like like Carlos was talking about, Campbell on fourth down, not taking the field goal to tie back up the game on third and goal, running the football, and then burning a timeout, and you can't walk away with only having two timeouts there. You needed all three timeouts. You know, a dropped interception. Uh, Not only that, you also had Reynolds, who dropped what would have been a first down. There's so many moments where you walk away from that game as a Lions fan, and you're you're in your bed in the middle of the night, and you roll over because you can't sleep, and you're just looking up at the ceiling, and you go, was I dreaming? Did I have a nightmare? Was this something that was just like horribly wrong? Oh, no, this was reality. And I would rather just get punched in the face than knocked out like a UFC fighter. If you're going to get knocked out, don't make me go through through all the hard work. Just just hit me with the kick to the face. Let me see stars. Let me hit the pavement. Let me hit the octagon. Let me fall out. And then eventually you will... Uh, You'll wake back up and you know that it's over. But to go the distance where it looks like you're kicking the crap, absolutely kicking the crap out of out of the 49ers, and then they start hammering away, and not only they start hammering away, then they started dragging you around. It's like, dude, you did all the work and you didn't get the W. I'd rather just be told you failed from the start, you got no shot, it's over, it's done. And then I could start the funeral and I could start to eulogize my sports season and look back at it in a positive way. The worst thing you can give a starving fan base is hope. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. And Lions fans today, they've not had a lot of hope throughout the years. And now it's, wow, we had the game and then we snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. And that's demoralizing. It is the Zach Gelb Show. 
on CBS Sports Radio. We will take a time out. When we come on back, we'll update you some of the biggest stories in the world of sports with some audio. That is the news brief. I'll let a few people in behind the scenes. We had, we've been having some Zoom issues there. So I have the monitor to my right of, of Stuart Kovac's Zoom camera. Now, no, I don't think, I hope people can't see this. But Stu had his, his Zoom camera basically directed towards his jeans. So I just saw way too much of any Stuart Kovacs that I would ever like to see. I'm going to need to go to HR, honestly. Because <laughs> there were some shots there of Stuart Kovacs where I'm like, what the heck is going on? Well, you'll be happy to know the problem has been solved. So at least uh, oh. it's a little good trade-off for you, I guess. I'm trying to run a serious uh, sports talk radio program. <laughs> and the next thing you know, I'm just getting shots to my right of Stuart Kovacs' jeans. And they were close-up shots, Stu. I was like, I was like, uh, what the hell is going on out there? <laughs> That's what I was just saying over and over again. I go, could we cut Stu's camera, please? That did not go out uh, on the YouTube stream. No, it was just you the whole time. Oh, I was going to say With a you- little bit of Carlos. I was going to say YouTube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. If you want to see a different side of Stu that you've never seen before. Rated R Zach Gelb show. <laughs> only, <laughs> only fans. Stuart Kovacs about to get an endorsement. <laughs> All righty. We will uh, take a break. <laughs> the wheels are falling off. We're like the Lions. We started out strong today. And now it's going to be a slow, painful death. Mike Golick still to come 30 minutes from now. We'll get to a news brief on the other side. Standing by first, though, with the latest CBS Sports Radio update, the great Erica Herskowitz. Time for your daily news brief. We get you caught up on the rumors, reports, and reconnaissance from the day in sports. All right, here's the poll question today. You can find it at Zach Gelb at CBS Sports Radio. Were you more disappointed in Lamar Jackson no-showing or Dan Campbell's decision-making yesterday? Early returns, once again, you can find it at Zach Gelb at CBS Sports Radio. 63% were more disappointed with Lamar Jackson no-showing yesterday than some of the poor decisions that Dan Campbell did make. 63% Lamar Jackson, 37% Dan Campbell. Let's start things off with Dan Campbell on his aggressive decision-making. I just felt really good about us converting and uh, getting our momentum and and not letting them play long ball. Um, you know, they were bleeding the clock out. That's what they do. Um, and I wanted to get the upper hand back, um, you know, and... It's easy hindsight, and I get it, you know. Um, I get that. But I don't regret those decisions, and that's hard. You know, it's hard because, you know, they didn't. We didn't come through. It wasn't able to, to work out, but I just, I don't. I don't. And I understand the scrutiny I'll get. That's part of the gig, man. Um, but, you know, we just, just didn't work out. So... Let's go through the two decisions. For now, forget about the third and goal where he runs the ball and calls a timeout because clearly he's talking about the two decisions to go for it. So San Francisco opens up the first half. They're down 17. They hit a field goal, makes it a 14-point game. You get the ball back. You, after San Francisco took four minutes off the clock, you were taking off four minutes off the clock as well. It's... Fourth and two at your 28-yard line, at at San Francisco's 28-yard line. He elects to go for it. 
So in that spot, you could say, dumb, go back up 17, and there was seven minutes left in the third quarter. And I could understand that. I was okay with being 28 yards away from scoring, and you have a 14-point lead to go for it there. I was okay with it. But I understand the other side of the argument. With that being said, once you stub your toe the first time, and then the second time around, you saw San Francisco get a touchdown and a touchdown and make it a 24-24 game, and then your offense is stalling. Because from that stretch, you had the turnover on downs, you had the Jameer Gibbs fumble, then you had the three and out, you punted. And then San Francisco gets a field goal, they take a three-point lead. And they took that three-point lead with 9.52 to go in the fourth quarter. You were starting in a small stretch to move the football. And you stall at the 30-yard line. You got to give your team a chance. Because he said there, you're trying to get the upper hand back. Well, sometimes to get the upper hand back, you don't just get it in one drive, in one play. You got to continue to have a hand on the football. And when you go for it there and you don't get it, when you could have tied up the game with seven and a half to play and your defense has not been great, the defense was turning, you got to just have yourself in a spot where you have a pulse. You make that field goal, you have a pulse. Then it could be a shootout and it just goes touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Maybe the game goes into overtime. But what you did was you elected to go for it. You didn't get it. Then they score a touchdown. And then when they go up by 10, the game's over. When they're up by 10 with 3.02 to go, with the experience San Francisco has, I know Kyle Shanahan has been a little bit of a choke artist in his career in the Super Bowl 7.5 to play where they were up by 10. Uh, 28-3 when he's the OC of the Falcons. He's not choking a 10-point lead with 3.02 to go. So just that idea, I'm trying to get the upper hand back. Well... You allowed them to get the upper hand back based off multiple sequences. So that should have been enough for you to know you don't get the upper hand back just in one grab and one pull. You needed to just kick that field goal there. And that's why I thought the biggest point of the game was when it's 27-24 after they just seen the lead come and go, how he didn't take that field goal there. Here is uh, Jared Goff, the quarterback of the Lions on just falling short. I think running through my head this whole postseason and certainly this week was, you know, how rare these opportunities are. Um, I've been so fortunate to have two of them, but um, a lot of guys go along, you know, long careers without without being in these spots. So um, I was very aware of, of how hard it is and um, didn't take it for granted. And that's a tough part that the, the emotions that they elicit from this performance. Because, like, I tell Lions fans before the year that your team is going to go to the NFC Championship game. Everyone would have signed about it and asked no questions. But when you get there, you never know if you're going to be back. And I know the Lions have a bright future, but things change rather quickly in this league. And when you get spotted a 17-point lead, which you earned, got to take advantage of it. And I know that you were happy to be there. I know Goss said he didn't take anything for granted. He's an experienced player. He's been to a Super Bowl before. But when you are there with the 17-point lead, I don't care if no one thought you should have been there before the start of the season. You have to win that game, and the Lions failed to do so. Here is uh, Kyle Shanahan. He credits his quarterback, Brock Purdy, despite the criticism he gets nationally. I thought it was the difference between winning and losing. Um, he made some big plays with his legs, um, getting out of the pocket, 
moving the chains and some first downs, getting some explosives. Uh, he competed his ass off today and it wasn't easy for any of us, but uh, he kept grinding and uh, was unbelievable there in the second half. Yeah, I think it's an underrated part with Brock Purdy is his mobility. And all these great quarterbacks now, you got to have some mobility. The days of being a, a pocket-passing statue quarterback, they don't exist anymore. Where that doesn't mean you have to run, run, run. But the way he escaped and then completed that pass, he used check was just phenomenal. And then obviously had a few runs where he, he started going down the field and uh, made some big plays. Uh, Brock Purdy in the game yesterday. Here is Christian McCaffrey run CMC. Who, if you had the Niners winning the Super Bowl, don't you got to kind of go McCaffrey winning the Super Bowl MVP? I know that the Purdy uh, people, they won't like that comment. They think I'm dissing their quarterback. I said this the entire year. Christian McCaffrey, to me, is the most valuable offensive weapon for the San Francisco 49ers. After that, it's Debo. After that, it's Trent Williams. Then I'll give you Brock Purdy. That's not a knock on Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's a good quarterback. But it just shows you how great this team is. And I don't care how you win just as long as you win. And that's why I said the Niners fans all year. Like, why should you care if someone gets called the game manager? Why should you care if someone doubts your quarterback? Just keep on winning. You win the the Lombardi trophy. You give the middle finger to everyone for the next 12 months. Here is uh, Christian McCaffrey saying Brock Purdy needs more credit. I don't have, you know, enough good things to say about Brock. You know, he's all he's done since he's been here uh, is play at an elite level. And everything starts with him. Um, and I'm just really, we're lucky he's our quarterback. You know, I mean, he takes a lot of heat for absolutely no reason. You know, all he's done has been a great leader, been a great player. And uh, I'm so proud of him and um, pumped up that I get another one with him this year. And all this guy has done is is win since he, he's got into the league. So I understand that locker room being outspoken about their quarterback. And you know what? It actually could be the best thing for them. Because when you are that much of a machine and everyone knows it's Super Bowl or bust for the 49ers, it's tough to find motivation. It's tough to find something that rallies everyone together. But that team believes in Brock Purdy. Those players believe in Brock Purdy. That locker room believes in Brock Purdy. And that's all that matters. And I'm not saying they need the extra motivation. But to be able to provide that to a team that knows it's Super Bowl or bust and you could kind of crap on all the haters... When you go to a Super Bowl now and you're 60 minutes away from a championship, I do think there is some importance to that. I got a chance yesterday after the AFC Championship game to ask Patrick Mahomes a question. And I know how much we talk about game manager with Brock Purdy. I thought it was very compelling that Patrick Mahomes talked about how much he's learned to manage the game this year. Here you go. Patrick, um, I know how much respect you have for Lamar and what his unit's been able to do. Uh, your defense has been pretty special all throughout the season to see what they did today. Just how do you kind of put it into words? Yeah, it's, it's special because that's a great team and a great quarterback. Um, and uh, Spags, it seems like when the games get bigger, when the challenges get higher, he performs even better. Um, and um, the guys executed the game plan well. Um, they got timely turnovers that played down down at the goal line, punching the ball out. Uh, I think it was Sneed and recovering it. That was, that was a timely turnover obviously, and um, whenever they're rolling like that, I have to kind of manage my game. Um, that's stuff that I've learned throughout the season is even if we're not having the success that I want to have, the defense is rolling and getting stopped, so let's just take the take the safe choice, get the ball out of my hand, don't turn the ball over, and let's go win a football game. Doesn't matter if it's pretty this time of the year. You just got to win. That's all you have to do. As Al Davis once said, just win, baby. You just got to win the game. It doesn't matter if you win 13-3. to It doesn't matter if you win... 45 to to 41, just as long as you win. And Mahomes understood the assignment yesterday. Don't get risky. Don't turn over the football. 
don't make mistakes. You protect the football. You protect field position. They didn't score a single point in the second half. They still won the game because their defense led by Steve Spagnuolo was that great. Jackson had turnovers. Lamar didn't. And that was a big part in this game too. Mahomes managed the game. And we've seen, I've seen a lot of playoff performances where your quarterback doesn't play the best. But the quarterback that doesn't make the mistakes nine times out of ten usually wins in these postseason games. Here is uh, Travis Kelsey on passing Jerry Rice for most uh, receptions in the postseason ever. Shout out to Jerry Rice, baby. The Chiefs are still the Chiefs and believe it. You got to fight for your right to party. Believe it, baby. We're going to Las Vegas, Nevada to go get us another one. He's actually a great interview, especially after the game. Like, we all know what he does with New Heights. But a lot of times, those trophy presentations could get very boring. And players say nothing. At least he plays the role that he's a WWE character in Travis Kelsey. And now you get the Chiefs and the 49ers going up in the big game once again. Coming up two Sundays from now. Once again, we thank our friends at CBS for that audio. Here is Lamar Jackson. His thoughts right after a tough loss with their season is now over. I'm not frustrated at all. Um, I'm, I'm angry about, you know, losing. Uh, we're a game away from the Super Bowl. Uh, we've been waiting all this time, all these moments for an opportunity like this, and we fell short. Um, but, but I feel like our team, we're going to build. You know, this offseason is going get, to get right, um, get better, grind, and try to be in this position again, but on the other side of victory. All right, I'll just roll my eyes with him saying that he's not frustrated because he was clearly frustrated throughout the game. You're not human. If you aren't frustrated when your offense did nothing, Todd Munkin had a bad game. Lamar Jackson had a bad game. So clearly Lamar Jackson was frustrated yesterday, regardless of what he said. But those words are empty now. And I've been one of the bigger Lamar defenders there could be. There is now a big enough sample size. And you had the number one overall seed. You were the best team in football. You had the Chiefs in your building. You lose a high-scoring affair. All right, it happens. It sucks. But to basically only put up one touchdown in the entirety of the game, the criticism that Lamar's received for years that used to be unfair, it's now valid. Great regular season quarterback, but come postseason time, he's MIA. Todd Munkin was MIA yesterday. Lamar Jackson was MIA yesterday. And it's a really, really bad look for the Baltimore Ravens because this was the year. This was the year for the Bills. This was the year for the Ravens. It was right there for the taking. The Chiefs were vulnerable. And this is what happens when you get a little life and you leave a little hope for the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Travis Kelsey. They find a way to get it done because they know how to win. They know how to win a championship. Right now, Lamar Jackson, just quite frankly, doesn't look like a quarterback that knows how to win a Super Bowl. He knows how to win regular season games. He knows how to win MVPs. But right now, he just doesn't look like he knows how to win a Super Bowl. And that's what's so frustrating is that that team had no pulse and that team in their own building on offense outside of the big play to Zay Flowers to get a touchdown had no life in that game. It was an insipid offense yesterday. All righty, Zach Gilb Show, CBS Sports Radio. That's a news brief. We will take a timeout. We will come on back. Mike Golick has been entertaining you for many years. Now does a great job with DraftKings. He will join us and we'll get his opinions on the AFC and NFC championship games. We'll also get... An early thought on the Super Bowl. Will it be Kansas City again? Or will Kyle Shanahan finally get a Super Bowl ring? And also you can check out our poll question. 
at Zach Gelbat, CBS Sports Radio. Who are you more disappointed in yesterday? Lamar Jackson's no-show or Dan Campbell's decision-making? Right now, 60% say Lamar Jackson, 40% say Dan Campbell. Mike Golick joins us next. Zach Gelb Show, CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.